Welcome to Communicast, a communication skills podcast. I am Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, which is a global communication skills training organization. Today, I am talking with Dave Melinda, business leader, podcast host, and best-selling author of Growing on Purpose. Through his positive polarity company and podcast, Dave is focused on spreading authenticity in the business community and provides coaching, mentoring, and leadership training to those looking for solid growth. Check out the episode here, Dave discuss how to be a better listener, the importance of repeating back what you heard from someone and how his dad influenced his communication style. I hope you enjoy. Dave, thank you so much for joining me today. If you can, to get things started, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, your career journey, and what it is that you're working on today. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Scott, for having me on. I'm, I'm honored to be hanging out with you, talking communication. This is going to be fun. Uh, actually, I had a business uh, in the Midwest that then we sold construction products and started it in probably the early 90s and sold it in 2012. We were doing about 10 million in annual sales. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, sales organization. And then Actually, from there, I transitioned into coaching and uh, really fell in love with the coaching side of the business. Was able to write a number one Amazon bestselling book called Growing on Purpose. And then a couple of years ago, we started the Positive Polarity podcast. So get to, you know, just like you get to interview people from around the world and learn about them, hear their stories and, <clears throat> excuse me, hopefully learn something from them along the way. So so yeah, that's, it's been a fun journey and super excited to, to chat with you today. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. And so that's a big jump from selling construction products into coaching. Yeah. How did you make that leap? Well, it's funny, 2008, we had uh, a, a disaster in the economy. Uh, for those of you that were in it, you remember it. For us specifically, our, we were really reliant on, on, on building permits and that building permits, they, they dried up. They went down almost 90%, Scott. So, you know, here we're cruising along. We have 17 people on our team. Life is good. We're growing and everything all of a sudden comes to a halt. And my business partner and I made the decision that we would continue on. But I had this idea, Scott, and I said, you know, if I keep my customer in business, I think that I, they'll keep me in business. You know, a lot of people have these companies and they're great at what they do, but maybe they struggle with marketing or networking or, you know, SEO or LinkedIn or accounting. We tried everything. So what we did was we would meet on a weekly basis with as many customers as we could have. And we would just talk about different topics each week. And again, sometimes it was marketing. Sometimes it was uh, how can QuickBooks work for you and just everything we could think of to keep the customer in business on their end. And I fell in love with that training piece right there. So then in 2012, my business partner and I, he says, well, we were out of that. We made it through. We actually grew 47% in that time. Because we were focused so heavy on the customer. I fell in love with the customer experience, uh, wrote a book about it, 
And then the interesting thing was, is my partner said, well, we can stop doing that now. And it was really odd because it had become so ingrained in me personally. I just had such a passion to, to teach people, you know, so I made that decision, which a lot of us on the call today probably had that, that fork in the road where you either jump into something that you're passionate about, or you keep on that journey that you were on. And again, neither one's right or wrong. I just happened to take the passion route and uh, excited ever since. It seems typically like a good decision to follow that passion. And sometimes it can be a little uncomfortable to do that, to step away maybe from what has been the safety net or the success and to go down that passion route. But I will say from what I've seen from experience is folks that have been able to weather the storm, go through tumultuous times and pivot strategies and come out better on the other side. Typically a big part of that is strong communication skills. And you know, to go from you know construction products, building permits, and then really to start focusing on those customers, you know, what do they need to do to continue to grow and thrive during those tough times? You know, I would think communication was going to be a big part of that. So when you hear that you know, somebody's a, a strong communicator, they have great communication skills, what pops into your mind? Sure, absolutely. You know, it's interesting when you say that, Scott, because I think about communication, it's so simple to me because I have this thought in my mind and I want to get it into your mind. I mean, that in my world is how I you know, define communication. And, and, but if we stop there, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, we would, we would fall short because for instance, if I spoke a language, let, let's say I spoke French and you spoke English, I could have this great thought in my mind and I could share it with you, but you can't get it. You can't receive it. You can't understand it because it's in a different language. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what I've been learning a lot about, Scott, is, you know, the personalities. We use a ton of disc where, you know, different personalities are actually, they communicate different. They learn different. And if we don't understand that, it's just like that thing I said before about French and English. I don't know how many of your listeners would stay on this podcast if we were in a different language, right? I mean, it just wouldn't work. I could have, again, I could be incredibly eloquent with my communication. I could have these fantastic thoughts and like earth shattering ideas, but if they're not communicated in a way that the listener can understand them, they just go, they just slip right by. So that's really what I think of is making sure that I'm communicating the message, the way that the listener can hear it in a language that they understand. I love the, the analogy there of the language translation. Never really thought about it that way. And this idea of getting it from my mind to your mind is a slight nuance of what I think a lot of people, how they approach communication is getting it from my mind to your ears. Right. It's a slight tweak, but just because it hits their ears doesn't mean that they've received it, that they've understood it, yep. processed, internalized, and are going to act on it. And I think when it comes down to communication, ultimately, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get somebody to to act on it, to get them to motion, whether it's making a decision, changing the way that they do things, adopting Correct. a new process, right. whatever it may be. So I love this idea of translating your message, so to speak, based on the audience, what you know about them, perhaps, as you mentioned with DISC, their communication style, 
Right. Are they a big picture person? Or are they a bottom line person? So I'm going to tweak it there. Sure. I may yeah. tweak it simply on the level of my audience. If I'm speaking to the C-suite versus if I'm speaking to maybe the, the folks that are directly on my team, right. I may approach it a little bit differently, position it a little bit differently, condense it. Maybe for the C-suite, they're getting less than what other folks are. So that's a yep. great way to look at that. That's very cool. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this, you know, like a really I, a, a way that a lot of us would relate to is if we were ever in a foreign country, in a foreign actual airport, your ears are listening for English. I mean, you're listening for flight 1515 to wherever in a language that you understand. And that's the exact same way that it is in communication, you know, in the office, on a team, with a customer, is we like people that are like us. It's just a norm for us. We like people that are like us. And in this case, we like English people. Not that we don't like other languages. It has nothing to do with like or dislike. Mm -hmm. It's like I can't add any value in France to a French conversation with two people that don't understand English. I can't add any value as much as I want to, I can't. So I have to really understand their you know, language and they in turn need to understand mine. That, that's key. And I think an important part of that is self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And you know, I know I've seen this before where someone's trying to have a conversation with somebody that doesn't understand them Right. You know, whether they're speaking the same language or not, you, you could tell the person's not getting the point. And all they're doing is sometimes they're speaking louder. Sometimes they'll speak slower, but they're really not adapting to, to the receiver. So this idea right. of I need to be self-aware and try to pick up on when my message isn't being received. And a lot of times you need to be focused on the, the physical cues, the body language on the receiving person that oftentimes will tell you whether or not if they're picking down, picking up yeah. what you're laying down. So it's kind of being aware and then being nimble enough to adapt that style. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, along with DISC, we do a lot of EQ, emotional quotient, emotional intelligence work. And one of the big pieces of that is self-awareness. And there's so many people when they test them, when they assess them, get the assessment and they look at their number and it's lower than they want it to be. They are, they're not even aware that they're not aware, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like, wow, you know, to your point, Scott, it's like, yeah, be aware of the type of person you're communicating with, be aware of the style in which you're communicating. Again, just simple, go back to what language should I use? If you're bilingual, I mean, I think that'd be so cool to be bilingual. I'm not. If I if I was, I would have to remember in this conversation. Now, Scott understands English. He doesn't understand this other language that I speak. And that's where I think that that would that's where that self-awareness really comes in when I'm thinking about you and what your communication style is, our whole communication is going to improve tremendously. Definitely. And I think a big part to be able to do that, that ties into the EQ is ego and your willingness to set your ego aside and realize not everyone's like me. Not everyone's going to communicate in the same style or want to be communicated with in the same style as I do. So stepping back from that, I think that's what real leaders do Right. Just understand it's not about me. It's about the other person and ultimately about the message and getting that message to carry forward. 
Yeah. So it, to me, it goes back to Star Wars, oddly enough, where, you know, Luke is trying to get Darth Vader to the bright, to the good side. Darth's trying to get, you know, Luke Skywalker to the dark side. That's how we are in communication, you know. It's And I love the country song, I'll start walking your way, you start walking mine, we'll meet in the middle. If we could do that com communicatively, where I start thinking about your style, so I'm going to gravitate to your style. You start thinking about my style, so you're going to gravitate to me. And somewhere in the middle, your need is going to get met and my need is going to get met. And that's, I think, where the successful communication actually happens is in that spot where you're walking one way and I'm walking another. Wholeheartedly agree on that. It really is both sides of the equation for communication to ultimately effectively take place. And so you from the position that you're in with the coaching that you're doing, the book Grow on Purpose, the Positive Clarity podcast, you know, what are you seeing perhaps as some of the skills, the communication skills that are really are most needed in the workplace today to be successful? It's either things that you're seeing that are working well, or maybe there's yep. some gaps out there that sure. companies are really struggling with. Well, we talked a lot about what is what what I see we should be doing and need to be doing. The interesting thing is, I think the reverse of that, which is just as important as the actual listening skill piece. Because again, if I have this idea in my head and I want to get it into your head, Scott, all I am responsible for is from my mouth to your ear. Like you said before, from the ear to the brain is actually the responsibility of the listener. And I do listening skills training all over the country. And it's fun to ask people up front, hey, how many in this room, you know, think they have really good listening skills? And I tell you what, there's a ton of people raise their hand. They all think they're great listeners. And, you know, we do a couple quick listening skills uh, tests just for fun. And all of a sudden, when the half to three quarters of the room fail the test, and I even say, Scott, this is a listening skills test. So please listen to what I'm saying. I share, you know, that's, that's like cab that's like red lights blinking and everything right and we don't do that at work we show up and we start talking and we expect that person to listen and engage and do what they're supposed to do so when people struggle with listening skills tests knowing ahead of time that they're going to have a test think of how tough it is when we're not even focused on listening we're deep in a computer issue and someone comes up to our cubicle or someone comes into our office and starts talking we tend to really you know there's a lot of things that we do and unfortunately listening to that person is really not one that's high on that list it is a challenge with all of the distractions that that we have constantly coming at us whether it's text messages coming in on the phone the little emails Right. popping up, the phone's ringing, there's tabs you have open on your browser, yep. notifications coming up from like so many different things to your point, even if somebody is physically <clears throat> in front of you, and if I'm going to turn and talk to them, I, I know my peripheral, I'm seeing these things happen on my screen, and it makes it more challenging. So there's yes. lots of little things that I think people can do to 
from an environmental standpoint to improve on the listening skills, whether it's shutting down email, turning off your phone, <clears> things of that nature. Outside of that, any tips or strategies from, from your side to really in, make sure that you are locked in and improving those listening skills? Sure. Yeah. I mean, even just facing the person and, you know, it's, it's stopping what you're doing and giving that person complete attention. You know, it's crazy. I think about it where I walk into a communication. If I don't know what I'm, if I'm, there's no training and I just am, you know, a normal everyday person that didn't train on communication, didn't train on listening skills. I walk into a communication with you, Scott, and I have a whole list of things in my mind. I got all these things in my mind, right? So I try and tell people that, hey, why don't you go into a communication with a blank sheet of paper? You know, think about this from the other person's perspective rather than worrying about your perspective, you know? And most people listen with the intent to reply, not to understand. So if people were actually listening with the intent to understand, oh, wow, I understand what you're saying, Scott. If I understand you, it's this, 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 and this. I mean, listening skills 101, if you wanna improve your listening skills, go ahead and repeat back what you heard to somebody. I mean, it's so simple, it's free to do, but I tell you what, 80 to 90% of the people don't do it. They just mm -hmm. fly through and then they're going an hour later and they're saying, now what did Scott tell me? How many of those am I supposed to get? You know, And then there it is, Scott, hey, I'm sorry, man, I gotta ask you another question or I'm just gonna guess or I'm gonna email you. I mean, productivity goes down the, down the toilet when you're not able to, really listen effectively. Um, the, again, the second piece of that communication side. The, the repeat rephrase is huge from my perspective because it serves so many purposes. Absolutely. The first one is that it signals to that other person that I was listening. I was paying mm -hmm. attention that I care what you have to say. Right. And then beyond this interaction, you're going to feel, okay, when I come to Scott with something, <laughs> he really is taking in, he values it. They're going to be more apt to communicate. And so if you're thinking from a business or a team environment, you want people to feel comfortable bringing things to you, whether yes. it's good news, bad news, ideas, whatever it is. So it signals to that person that, okay, I, I really am listening. And then I just think back to, you know, my days in school when I was studying, or even now with my kids helping them study for them to repeat back just the, the practice of repeating something from their paper or rephrasing something that they just read Right. It really helps your brain to process and internalize yeah. it so that you're not 10 minutes later forgetting about it. So it definitely so many benefits there to the, uh, the repeat rephrase. Yeah. And especially think about it from your customer's perspective. I mean, what a, what a respect, you know, level just increased tremendously. Plus you've heard what they said. I mean, most customers, if we really listen you know, in the sales training that I do, it's like, listen to your customer, they're going to tell you how to sell to them. If you just ask the right questions and really listen. And I think that's probably one of the biggest concerns that I see in communication, you know, Scott, is people start to talk. And let's say I, I'm talking, and then you're listening. And now you start talking, the propensity for me halfway through the conversation for me to jump onto my next topic, you're talking and I'm thinking about what am I going to say next, right? Yep. That's, that's so dangerous on a team. Think how dangerous it is in front of a customer 
you know, you're formulating your response, you're formulating your next question, you're thinking about the sales process, you're everywhere in the world except for right yeah. here where the customer's saying, this is what I like and this is what I don't like. And when you miss that, you know, we try and make sales so complicated, it's really not. But when you miss that piece right there, it's even harder because I have no clue what you just said because I'm already trying to come up with my next brilliant way to sell something to you. I just remember times in my sales leadership career where I would be in client meetings with, with rep, sometimes a newer rep, a junior rep, and the client is just giving us gold. Mm. And as soon as the client stops, the rep just goes on to their next question. I'm yeah. like, oh, let's, let's, let's talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, some people get so locked into their prep work, the question, the line of questioning that they have that right. they they don't just listen and stop and continue to follow up and dig to really go after that valuable valuable information that the client is is putting out there. No, fantastic. Yeah, it's it's scary, isn't it, to to deviate from a script? I mean, you know, it is absolutely. And so, Dave, as you think about you know the the transitions that you've made in your career, and maybe mm -hmm. it was going from like in the 2008, you know, with, during the economic downturn, whatever it may have been, but what is one communication skill, or if you had to point to something within your, your skill set that really helped with your success or to get you to where you are today, what would you say sure. that would be? Yeah, I would say it's really, I would go all the way back to the beginning with the disc, disc portion, because I just think of it as a chameleon. You know, I'm, I'm, you barely graduated eighth grade. So I just want to keep this as simple as I can. And if somebody walks into the room and they're a red personality, I'm going to be a red personality. I'm going to communicate red as best I can. I'm going to mirror them. I'm going to be a chameleon. It doesn't mean I need to change who I am, Scott. It just means that I'm red right here. As soon as you and I are done, if you're red and I'm blue, as soon as this is done, I can go right back to blue. But my next call might be with somebody that's yellow or green or whatever the colors are. So that's where I think my number one thing is, is I try and assess the situation. And then I try and use my person, I deviate my personality to match theirs. I think that's really important. And you hit on something there that I'll just call authenticity. You know, you're still able to be authentic Correct. and adjust your style or adapt to someone else's style. It really, for me, is more, more about how you're delivering the message versus who you ultimately are. Yep. And just kind of going back to this idea, if I'm meeting with somebody who is a broad, big picture thinker, they're very the aspirational, the world of possibility, they're talking about the strategic vision for their learning organization, whatever it may be. Correct. And I start when I'm presenting solutions to them, getting into the nitty gritty, the details, the first, we're going to do this. Second, we're going to do yep. this. Third, we're going to do this. Awesome. I'm going to completely lose them. Yep. And I might be that type of person where it's important for me to go through the, right. the details, but I need to step back and say, well, here's how this solution is going to support what you're trying to do here at your learning organization. Absolutely. Get the buy -in, and then you work on the implementation stuff. And absolutely flip goes as well. If I'm talking to a bottom line person and I'm speaking big picture aspirational, I'm going to lose them as well. 
Yeah. I mean, if somebody needs time to process, you know, high D people are very results oriented. They want it like quick, right? They want it right now. So if I'm a high D and I'm meeting with somebody that needs to process information, I'm going to really be at, you know, there's going to be a, a, an instant struggle because I'm going to ask a question like, all right, you know, let's get to the, you know, let's cut to the chase scene on this. If somebody's ever said that to you and you're like, no, I want to watch the whole movie. I don't want to just watch the chase scene. Right. And so that's where it's like, if you have somebody that's different than you and you don't identify that, just again, go back to the different languages for all intents and purposes. You have, you speak four different languages and you need to speak different languages to different people based on their personality, which then um, dictates their person, uh, their communication style. I would imagine that throughout your career, you, between you, what you've done in the construction industry with, with selling the products there, the coaching practice, writing the book, the podcasting, you interact with a lot of great communicators and probably pick some things up along the way. Who's someone from throughout your career that has really influenced your style? Maybe what did you take from them? Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because it was actually my dad that I thought of when when thinking about this question because he was the kind of guy that was, you know, was so funny. Um, he would take for, like for me, I would walk into a store. If I needed a dishwasher, I'd look at them. I'd spend five or 10 minutes figuring them out and I'd pick that one and I'd be done. Right. He goes to the store and he can't, he, he knows everything. He's got to think about it, process it. It could take him a year, Scott, to get a dishwasher. Right. For me, it took just like that. And I realized that there were opposites. And at first it was very combative. I'm like, dad, just make a decision. We got to go, right? And then I started to appreciate that piece because that was different. But he always sat down and would listen to what you said. And it wasn't like he was, at least I couldn't tell, maybe he was brilliant, but I couldn't tell that he was formulating thoughts. He was like right in that moment right there. And I think at work, if we know somebody on our team that's right there all the time, we trust them. We know they're engaged. We, we want to be like them. We just want to hang out with them because to your word before, they're authentic, they're real. And they're just like, wow, I just want to be around them. So that was the cool part about my dad was that he really was, um, you know, authentic sitting there listening. You could say whatever. And he would process it and then he would respond back. Now, you may not like the response and growing up, there were plenty of times I didn't like the response. But, you know, looking back now, he really had a solid way to communicate. People like that are just so great to be around. It's folks that really do listen and take in information and process it and do it because they like it right. are just the best folks to talk to. You just have such great conversation that sometimes can just go on. It seems like for hours and hours right. and hours and feel effortless. And, you know, they're not, you know, oftentimes not talking a lot. They're doing a lot more of the listening and processing. And just like when they're trying to pick out their appliance, they're pulling all that information in because they see value in it. They're picking oh. up, okay, this is this, maybe this one has this, and then starting to formulate that response in their heads. No, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm always yep. interested with these responses. And I've had so many folks sure. pointing to their parents, their mom, their dad, <laughs> their family members that really have 
influence their communication style. Absolutely. So great. Thank yep. you. So I want to be respectful of time. You know, as we wrap up here, what's one piece of advice that you would have for somebody, whether they are you know, coming out of school, new to the business world, could be mid-career professional, maybe they're looking to make a change, st- jump out, start their own thing. Sure. What's a piece of advice that you would like to leave them with? Yeah. I mean, regardless of where you are in your career, I mean, this is the interesting thing about communication is we have to, to communicate. I mean, that's just a, 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 a foregone conclusion. So my suggestion is find out what kind of personality that you are. Find out what kind of communication style that you have. I mean, you can, we'd be happy to give you a DISC assessment. You can Google DISC and probably get a free one for three, you know, three pages just to give you an idea. But there's really three quick steps to this, like we talked about. Step one is learn yourself, who you are, you know, and then number two, be able to understand how to identify other people and their styles. And then the third, which is really the the magic bullet here, is the secret sauce of that is once you know who you are and you know who you're communicating with, make sure that you can find ways to acclimate your way to their way. If you do that in your career, you will, you know, be way more successful than always trying to, you know, get people to the dark side or get people to, you know, the, 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 the bright side, whatever side you're on, you know, is you were always trying to, hey, you know, come over here. The grass is greener. It's awesome here. Let me tell you about it. Do it the, do it the opposite and just communicate the way the person uh, that you're communicating with needs to be communicated with sorry to use that word so many times but that to me is really wherever you are in your career you're never too late to learn more uh, about communication styles couldn't agree more and I love how you put that that it really is these three steps we hear a lot about self-awareness which is important to be self-aware on a number of fronts communication style being one of them right I'd say equally as important to understand the person across the table from you Yep. But if you don't do anything with that information, if I know yep. who I am and I know how Dave is and neither one of us are budging, right? it's really pointless. So understand yep. yourself, try to understand others, and then figure out how do you adapt. Absolutely. Perfect. Dave, thank you so much for joining me today. Really do appreciate the conversation and hope you have a great rest of your day. Absolutely. Thanks uh, for your time too. Thanks for all you're doing to the communication side of the world. We need more out there preaching this to, to the rest of the world. So thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you. Take care. A special thanks again to my guest, Dave Melinda. If you take anything away from this episode, I hope it is the importance of not only being self-aware and, and understanding others, but the need to acclimate yourself to the other person's style in order to truly be effective with your communications. As always, if you haven't done so, please be sure to subscribe to Communicast so that you can be notified of new episodes. Thanks and have a great day.